time for this even before I start teaching. Sometimes God will give you the lesson in the lesson. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm making it my personal practice to practice gratefulness. You know, when God does stuff that he does not have to do, thank you, to really be reminded to remind him how grateful I am. Now, Lisa, that's what my personal practice is as of right now, Joe. That's, that's what I am doing on purpose. I'm being intentional. As I reflect on the things God does, great and small, I want to always tell him how grateful I am. And when I come in this church and I see, first of all, in a brand new church, amen, that's a blessing right there. But when I see us recarpeted from the pulpit to the hallway, free of charge, that, that's not small fry. That's not something we patty cake. That is something we stand to our feet and we give God great glory for because it's because of his grace. Amen that we are here and in this space amen and uh for some folk that don't register and that's okay but those of us who understand you may be seated how good god is we understand watch this principle gratefulness is the key to more and and when you when you when you cease to praise him for the small things uh you're gonna lose you're gonna lose and you're gonna lose big because i'll tell you what he'll do He'll do what any good father will do. Let me tell you what I do, and I'm going to get in my teaching, but this is, this, is, this is God already. When my kids forget to say thank you, it makes it real easy for me not to do it again. That's right. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. Anybody else got children? Amen. When, my kid, when I do something special for one of my four, and they just act like it's an entitlement, that is something that's supposed to happen, I give them plenty of time to think about it because it'll be a long time before I do something else. Amen. But when they come jumping up and down because I went in a gas station and bought them an airhead, I mean, a, a Jolly Rancher or the smallest, uh, most insignificant 25 cent piece of candy, but they, yay, daddy, thank you so much. When they have that disposition, they set themselves up for more, and that's how God works. He's a good dad, and I don't know about anybody else, and that's why I said worship is a personal thing. You know, the praise team can't do it for me. I got to tell God how good he is on my own, remind him of how grateful I am. We're going to teach, but I mean, you know we're already being taught. Amen. Amen. Gratefulness, Pastor Rondi, he says it all the time, gratefulness is the key to more. Amen. You ever want God to do more in your life? Practice gratefulness right where you are. I'll tell you something else God did this week. I, I ran into a business associate, and he, he began to talk to me. He said, how much will it cost to get your projectors up and some of the things you're trying to get done at the church? And, you know, I, I gave him the, the ticket on, on what it would cost, and we weren't uh, meeting for that purpose. But then he turned around, and he said, I was talking to my wife, uh, and she and I said, we, we want to help with that. We, we want to contribute. And that man told me that day, he said, amen, that's right. He said, uh, he said I'm, I'm going to give $2,000 towards uh, what you're trying to get done. Amen, 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 amen. And that, that happened just this week. Now, now I'm going to teach, but 
sometimes the Holy Ghost takes you somewhere, so listen to what I'm saying. Now, to get all of this done is way beyond $2,000. I mean way beyond. I mean the sound system itself uh, is thirty grand. Some of the other stuff probably totals another forty grand. So, you know, you way beyond $2,000. But look, if you can't praise God for the 2000 what make you think he coming with 80000 If you can't be grateful for the small things. So everybody say, that's the lesson in the lesson. You get two for one tonight. I don't know who that's for, but always put a smile on your face whenever God does something for you, no matter how great or small, nothing is insignificant because it will set you up for more. Amen? All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 7. And I don't want to burn the saints up, Travis, so you can adjust the heat down. I don't want you to get too, too hot tonight. But 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 7. uh, And just adjust it down so it'll cut off. You don't have to turn any uh, thrusting air on, though. But 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 7. Um, how many of y'all remember what we started about four weeks ago? Ten things the devil don't want you to know. Amen. Ten things. Amen. Some people wanted that to finish up. So I'm on your street tonight. We going back there. You got about five of them then, and I'll see if I can't give you the other five tonight. Ten things the devil doesn't want you to know. Second Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 7. Mm-hmm. Amen. We're going to be blessed tonight. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 3, if our gospel be what, church? Hid. Hid or veiled. It is hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world. Who's the God of this world? Who's the God of this world, church? The devil, Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unbelievers. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So because Satan has hid it, because he has veiled it, there are certain things he can keep these individuals from. Now, I know theology and I know this scripture's first meaning is to do with people who are unsaved. The world, the gospel is hid to them. Amen. And it's only hid to them because they are lost and the God of this world has blinded them. But now you as a believer can be born again and still be missing out on a part of God. You're still missing out on all that God wants to do. There are a whole lot of people who are heaven bound. They really are going to be in heaven. But when they get to heaven, they will note that there was a whole lot more God wanted to do. And would have done, but they allowed the God of this world to take it from them. Somebody say, that's not going to happen to me. Amen. So the image of God should not shine unto them. And verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Look like he's trying to turn the light on so you're not hidden from what he wants you to have. And verse number seven, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of 
us. Again, tonight's subject is 10 things the devil doesn't want you to know. And when I get to point number seven, should time permit, the subject will switch to uh, three more things the devil doesn't want you to do. <laughs> so it's 10 things the devil doesn't want you to know, but three out of those 10 are things the enemy doesn't want you to do. But how many of you know the devil is a liar? Amen. And we're going to get all that God wants us to have. Now, I used the example a few weeks ago about a football team knowing their opponent's playbook uh, to really break home the theme of this message. And I talked about that was right around the Super Bowl. One of the best things that could happen to the Patriots or the Falcons is for the opposing team to know what play they're going to call next. If I know, I don't care how good Tom Brady is, and to all my Patriot friends, he is good. Amen. I see one over there. Amen. But if I know where he's going to throw the ball, I don't have to be the best athlete in the world. All I got to do is shift my whole defense that way. Are y'all in here? You know, if I know which way the running back is going to run, you think I'm going to defend this side of the field? No, I'm going to the side of the field that I know he's coming to. And I'm going to put everybody, stack them over there because there's no way in the world he can run through 11 men. Are you in here? Well, if you learn Satan's strategy, if you know his tactics, if you know his schemes, I am going to make a statement that I promise you, you can live by the rest of your life. He will never, ever again defeat you on anything. On anything. The Bible says of David that God made his enemies to be at peace with him forever. You can get a revelation of God's power in your life and come to such a place of reckoning as you deal with the devil. Doesn't mean he won't attack. Doesn't mean he won't try. But he will never, ever again defeat you on anything. Now, a big part of this teaching tonight, and I already sense an anointing, so this is going to be a good one. Good part of this teaching is, dear, we got to stop saying crazy things like, you might win the battle, but I'll win the war. How about get all of those religious praise and worship statements that you learned from a praise and worship leader that was just trying to excite the crowd? Thank God that our praise and worship leaders don't say stuff like that. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Slap your neighbor high five and tell him the devil won the battle, but he won't win the war. No, the devil ain't won nothing. He didn't win anything. And if he won anything, it's because I let him win. It's because I didn't know my kingdom rights. Because the Bible says, now thanks be unto God who? Always. How, how always? Always. always? Now, what does always mean? Always. always. All the time. If somebody always does something, all the time. Thanks be unto God who all the time causes us to triumph. So I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up any battle. And I for darn sure ain't going to give up the war. I'm going to win the whole thing. What am I trying to say? I'm going to win in my health. I'm going to win in my wealth. I'm going to win in my family. Do I have a witness in here? I'm going to win in my career. Thanks be unto God who always calls us to triumph. And you really could interpret that 
not only do I always triumph, but I always triumph everywhere. And the way you triumph everywhere is to know the nature of your enemy. Second Corinthians two and 11. We read this and we said so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes or we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. See, when what, what Paul was saying to the church at Corinth is, is if you are not ignorant to his devices, he can outsmart you. Again, if you know which way he's coming, you already know to undergird that. Let me tell every married couple in here, the devil's coming that way. Everybody in here, he'll come after your health. Everybody in here, he'll come after your money. He never gets tired. I don't know if I'll ever have an opportunity to meet him, <laughs> but one compliment I can tell him face to face is, I got to give it to you. You don't give up. That devil tries and tries again. In fact, the Bible even says of him in the book of Matthew that he left Jesus for a season. And we're not exalting the devil tonight, but you don't underestimate your opponent. You know who your opponent is. You know how your opponent operates. You know how your opponent functions. So you are not caught off guard. My brother, one way you can make sure you'll never have an affair is know the nature of your opponent. He is not sending somebody that you are not moved by. Y'all ain't going to catch that. See, I'm trying to teach with tact, but you're going to make me just say it. He not sending somebody, I'm going to stay with tact tonight, that you are not moved by. He is going to send somebody that gets you. No, she's pretty. She's attractive. No, she has all the curves. Yup, she got everything you like in a woman. That's who the enemy will send. So since you are not ignorant of Satan's devices, how about stop taking trips with a bunch of single brothers? To Waikiki Beach in the dead heat of summer, leaving your wife home. Because after all, you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And I tell you one thing is real difficult to do. It's hard for me to kiss another woman while I'm holding Stephanie's hand. Now that's hard. Not that I want to. I'm just telling you with this parameter in place. It's real difficult. You probably could do it, but I got a good feeling that a left hook will follow. It's called appropriate parameters. Somebody going to get busted in the mouth. So you're doing some stuff that keeps you out the mess. Because you're not ignorant, because we always talk about winning and all that kind of good stuff. But baby, you got to win on the moral level first. If you know, if you know you battle in a certain area of your life, you know, don't go where they taste wine. Come on, don't do it. I told a joke to the guys in the marriage seminar. They cracked up the other night. I said, I don't care how delivered a brother has been who was caught embezzling. He will never be on the money counting committee at Kingdom Christian Church. I, I just, he can be speaking in tongues twice a day, got the Holy Ghost times two. Yeah. 
but I am not putting him in that back room. Now, I'm not going to do that. Some other pastor might because, after all, he's been delivered. Well, I'm not ignorant of Satan's advice. So why would I fan in his face the very thing that messed him up three years ago? He who the Son sets free is free indeed, but then you and I got to do what's necessary to stay free. This is why the Bible says, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Be not entangled again. Read Galatians when you have time. It's, I call it the freedom book. It talks about that. Paul talks about going back. Galatians chapter 1, he marveled how people so fast would go back. One of the ways you go back is getting around stuff that helps you go back. You're trying to have a positive attitude. I'm, I'm off on a tangent. Let's get in these five points. But you're trying to have a positive attitude. How about get around positive attitude people? You're trying to go on your faith. Don't come to KCC on Bible study and then go to the church of the chosen frozen because your mother goes to that church on Sunday and you got to keep a loyalty. How about change churches so you can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? Don't go back to religion from spirit filled. Stay at spirit filled. Can't put new wine in. Oh, wineskins, they just don't go together. That was for somebody. Anytime God puts me on a tangent, he's trying to help somebody. But we're not ignorant of what? Satan's devices. Now, the good news is, and this is just introduction, just put it in your notes. You don't have to turn there. 1 John 3 through 8, understand Satan has no power. This is what the Bible says. He that committed sin is of the devil. Somebody say, I'm not willfully sinning. For the devil sins from the beginning. But watch this. For this purpose was the Son of God, what? Manifested. For what purpose? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, here's the question. Was Jesus manifested yet? Everybody shake your head yes. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was manifested. He came down in the flesh. Well, now, if Jesus was manifested, died on the cross, rose with all power wrapped up in his hand, it seemed like to me the works of the devil then have been destroyed. How do we know that? Because Jesus was the second Adam. One Adam messed it up and released the works of the devil. The curse. This is how the world got cursed. He released the works of the devil. He released sin by eating from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when the second Adam came, he was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Now it is incumbent upon you and I, Colossians 1.13, those of you who've been translated uh, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, it's incumbent upon you and I to know our kingdom rights. If you lose now, you are not losing because Jesus won made manifest. You are only losing because you are not operating in the grace and the empowerment that he left behind for you. He said, these works will you do and greater because I go to the father. Now, what could be greater than what Jesus did that you will have to face? Jesus overcame death. Hell in the grave. 
He raised every type of sickness. You battling a disease tonight? I'm going to say it. The only reason you have to battle that condition is if you disagree with what God said about healing. No, you can be healed. A hundred percent. You don't have to die like that. The only way you die like that is if you buy into some religious philosophy that God is using this cursed condition to make you. When in reality, God doesn't use stuff to make people. The devil comes and tries you and then you are made in your character when you resist the fiery darts that come your way. But God didn't send that to make you. Think it not strange <laughs> concerning these trials as some strange thing that come to try your faith. Well, who's the one that's coming to try your faith? The enemy. But then you have to overcome it. How? By greater is he that is where in me than he that is in the world. Now, I'm not leaving you behind, am I? So for this reason was Jesus made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. We gave you the first few points. <coughs> I want you to get the tape. We told you 10 things uh, the devil doesn't want you to know. Real fast, I'm not going to reteach these because I want to get into tonight's context. Number one, he's already defeated. Number two, his method of operation, which is deception. Get the tape. Number three, you're already healed. By his stripes, you are healed or were healed. First Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53 and 5. Take your pick. Number four, you are already rich. Get the tape on that. Amen. Number five, we ended on this one, your position in the spirit realm. That you are already seated where? In heavenly places. But where else are you seated though? In, in Christ. In heavenly places far above principalities. You are already, that is your position. So I use the example of those of you who are managers. If you are a manager of a department, how many of you would let your subordinate come and tell you what's going to happen next? You wouldn't do that. If you lead the call center, everybody in that call center has to move by your command. They're not in charge. Now, when we allow Satan and his demons to have their way in our life, what we do is we allow the people who work under us in the call center to get up and regulate which way the department's going to go. Everybody say the devil is a liar. Amen. You are in control. You are seated in heavenly places. You ready for tonight's content? Number six, things the devil doesn't want you to know. He only operates by permission. Go to Job chapter 1, verse 10. <clears throat> he only operates by permission. And I got good time to teach you this. This is, this is one of the most important points tonight because you need to understand that Satan is powerless. Mm -hmm. No power. Permitted power. That's the only way he operates. He's not free to act the way he wants to act when he wants to act. He only operates by Permission. Put this in your notes. One of the theologians I was studying when I put this together from my keyword study Bible said it best. He said, Satan is not free to act in the affairs of mankind. I like that. 
Satan is not free. He is not just liberated to act in the affairs of mankind. That is just a fancy way of saying, without permission, the devil can't touch your stuff. He can't touch anything. He can't. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible, and we're going to drive this thing home. Do you have Job chapter 1, verse number 10? Job chapter 1, verse number 10. Has not, has, has not thou made a hedge about him? Everybody say the hedge. the hedge. About his house, about all that he has on every side. And look at this. Thou has blessed the work of his hands, and the substance of his increase in the land. Y'all, check it out. The devil knows how blessed you are more than you are, more than you do sometimes. He said you've blessed the work of his hands. You put a hedge around his house and around everything that he has. That means the devil can't touch your wife, can't touch your children. He can't touch your bank account. He doesn't have authority to do so. So those of you in here right now who are paying all kinds of unexpected bills, I'll show you that in a second. You need to take authority over that. You just got some bills in the mail, invoices, you didn't know. You need to take authority over that. Call in the provision and cancel the enemy's assignment on your money because there is a hedge around the believer. And listen to what God says to him. Verse 11, but put forth thy hand now. Everybody say permission. Touch all that he has and he will curse thee to thy face. Rather, that's what Satan says. But here's him. That's him asking for permission. Now, listen to what God says in verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is where? Everybody say permission. Is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of God. You can touch everything he has. You can't mess with his soul. Put not your hand on him. Can't do it. Well, pastor, he made Job sick. That wasn't his soul. That's his outer shell. <laughs> and he could only do that when God let down the head. And God only let down the hedge to prove a point to Satan. And that is that this mighty man of God will never curse me. His wife can leave him. He can have no children. You name it. But he will never, ever curse me. Now, let me put this in New Testament terms for you tonight so that many of you don't think that your hedge is about to go down because everybody say it's not. No, it's not. He's giving angels charge over you both day and night. God's not bringing any hedges down in your life. Today, the only person who can allow Satan inside of the hedge is you. Because the hedge ain't going down. No, the hedge is here to stay. We're under a better covenant. We're New Testament believers. Y'all are going to get that later on. The protection on our life, do you know the protection on our life is greater than that that was on Job? It's greater than that that was on David. We are under the blood grace covenant. You're under a whole new covenant. So the only person that could allow, watch this, not the hedge to be broken down because the hedge ain't going nowhere when you're born again. 
the only person that can allow Satan inside of the hedge is you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I need a few chairs to prove this point. James, Glenn, will you guys help me? Let's take them from over here for a second. Uh, just circle me in, if you, if you will. I'll grab one or two. Uh, uh, and uh, circle me in. I'm going to get inside of this thing. And I really want you all to see this. Um, you, you may or may not clap. This is not for claps. I really want you to get the point. Just thank you all. In fact, bring it closer this way. The microphone won't, won't uh, squeak. Uh, but, uh, yep, just, just kind of encompass me and just give me a good circle. Um, for those of you on the tape, we're, we're, we're being circled by a hedge. Now, understand that, uh, maybe give me one more. You got one more that you don't mind me having? Okay. Uh, if we take this last chair, I'm really snug in here good now. Now, as a New Testament believer, by default, God's plan for my life is protection. No, nothing can happen to me. Nothing can get to me. In fact, the angels of the Lord are camped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. So nothing can get to me. Now, Satan goes, come on, James, uh, and you're not Satan, but for the example tonight. He goes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, will you please come here for a second? Now, I want you to stand over there unborn again. You're not blood-bought. You don't know Jesus. You don't want him, right? Satan goes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, will you try to reach me, James? Just, just try to reach me. You, you can't get to me because there's a hedge. So no matter how mad you get about how blessed I am, you don't like me because, you know, I'm a love my wife. You can't stand me because, you know, I pay tithe. You, you want to devour my stuff. But by the way, Malachi 3 says he would rebuke the devourer. So you can't get to me, can't get to my health. Nothing you do works. But here's this guy over here who done been to KCC 19 times, won't answer one altar call, won't get delivered, won't get saved. When Satan goes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, he's going to get tired of trying to get to Gabe. He's going to go over here to somebody he can really get with because he can't devour me. Now, in keeping with the metaphor, I want you to see two things. He can't devour everybody. However, if I become a religious Christian, and watch this, I believe most of the Bible except a little bit of it. I don't believe all of it. You know, I believe in uh, healing, but I don't know about that financial stuff. I, I can't get with that, you know, that prosperity. I don't know about that. You know, I, I believe God, you know, can help me raise a healthy family. But I don't, I, I don't know a little bit about, you know, some of this other stuff. Before you know it, my hedge is being broke down. And by my own confessions, Satan, even though I'm blood bought, is able to break into my hedge, not because God moved it, but because because I moved it by my lack of belief. Thank you very much, Jim. No, I moved that hedge. If I had time, I'd take you there, but I'll do a whole lesson on it. Job said, listen to his lack of faith. He said, the thing that I have feared the most has happened to me. That's in the book of Job. Job said it. Y'all, if you think faith powerful try fear think on some disaster long enough 
Think on being sick long enough. Think on something happening to your family long enough. I mean, just be anxiety prone when I tell you that fear will draw it to you. This is why you better learn how to cast some stuff down. This is why Paul said to the Corinthian church that we cast down imaginations. Y'all, if they didn't have any effect on you, why would you need to cast them down? No, you got to cast that stuff down because if you don't cast it down, it will break your heads down. Do I have a witness in here tonight? It will become actual in your life. Before a person ever lives in poverty, they got to think poverty. They got to think Egypt mindset. They, they, they got to be that way in, in their inner man. Look, look at folk who say, now, nah, I don't believe in all that prosperity, and their life shows it. No, it does. They get what they confess. No, your confession will draw it. You will break the hedge down. Look at the person who says, well, you know, God's just trying me with this cancer. Well, you're going to be tried, all right. I'm not being funny. Stage one, two, three, and four will come. You better take authority. You to put your hedge back up. And see, you can't wait, thank you, God, until problems come to start working on your faith. This is why it's so good to be in church when nothing's going on. When everything is well in your life, Satan don't have no ground right now, but you are here learning the word of faith so that, God forbid, if he does get a foothold somewhere in your life, you can always go back to, but wait a minute, he is not authorized, he is not here by permission, I take authority, I command him to go in Jesus' name. Now, how many people in here, you're really going to take authority tonight? Come on. Glory to God. He only operates by permission. Any attack from Satan is an opportunity for you to be promoted and blessed, which leads to the seventh point, seventh thing that Satan, I want you to know. Thank you, Travis. After each attack, he owes you restitution. He does not want you to know that. What is restitution? To be restored. But not just restitution, put this in quotations, with interest. He's got to restore you back to what you had before and with more. I will give you Bible to back it up. These are not my opinions. First, though, let's establish that Satan is a thief. So let's establish that. You don't have to turn here. Just put in your notes. You know it by heart. John 10, 10 through 11. The thief cometh only to steal kill and do what? Destroy. But I've come that you might have and how? More abundantly. So Satan is the thief who comes to do what church? Steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? So if he comes to steal, kill, and destroy and by chance he has stole something from you, let's establish that after each attack he owes you restitution but with interest. Go over to Proverbs 6 and 31. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> Proverbs 6 and 31. I love this thing tonight. Amen. Amen. This is in reference to a thief. Proverbs 6 and 31. 
I want you to see this thing, and I want you to digest it. I got 40 more minutes, and I want to get all of these out to you tonight. All right? Proverbs 631. But if he be found, you know what that means? If you catch him. Anybody ever caught the devil messing with something? Your daughter, your money, your health. Yeah, you caught him. If he be found, he shall do what? Restore how, though? How much? Sevenfold, he shall give all the substance of his house. His stuff, Mel. Now, let's cross-reference that to the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. <laughs> Y'all going to get this in a second. You lose a job doing right? Get ready for quadruple the salary. No? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Seven times the salary at a minimum. Because you caught a thief. And he owes you sevenfold. In fact, we were talking about Job, but guess what? Job got what for his trouble? Double, y'all. Stop all this Job died sick and all. Mm -mm, you didn't read the end of the story. No, no, the devil had to pay that brother back. He had to restore that brother. The devil got sued and lost. He owed him. Amen. Let's keep going through this thing. I know this is Old Testament, but all scripture is given by inspiration and it's profitable. So go to Exodus 22 and 1. This is going to bless you tonight. I'm telling you, if you know your kingdom rights, you will become too expensive for the devil to mess with. I'm telling you tonight, I'm one of those guys that have come too expensive. <laughs> I'm telling you. When I tell you the devil will skip over my house, and I know it, y'all, we have had stuff happen in our neighborhood, and we live in a nice neighborhood where other houses got hit, robbed, you name it. Did they touch our house? Mm-mm. When he sent his demons that night, they said, Gabe Rogers, never mind. Let's go over here to Barbara and Tom. They drink every weekend. They ain't in the hedge. <laughs> They're liars. We got free reign over there. Y'all don't like that. Come out of sin. Let me say it that way. Stop sinning. And, and, and thanking God going to give you a pass. The Bible said, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright. People don't like that. That's too hard. Well, that's why you keep losing. Mm -hmm. I'm not backing down from it, though. Because I'm right. Amen. Go over to Exodus 22 and 1. You might say the devil owes me. Yeah. Exodus 22 and 1. If a man shall steal a what? Ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore how many oxen? For how many oxen? One ox. And how many sheep for a sheep? Four sheep for Do you know the principle God's trying to show you through this tonight? <laughs> no, it, the enemy owes you. And don't restore me with what I just had either. No, put it back better. Are you in here? In, in legal terms, they call it damages. 
I'm not only getting what I'm, but I'm getting damages. Amen. It was some emotional trauma I went through as a result of battling that sickness and disease. You owe me big time, buddy. Amen. And see, I can't teach this softly tonight. Because if you fight your enemy with a weak posture, he'll get you. So I got a little extra edge on me because at the end of the day, Satan won't have an advantage because you will have the same edge. You'll have a fighter's mentality. Worst thing you can do is go in a fight sizing a man up saying, oh, I can take him. It's a good way to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. Care how big or little he may seem. You don't know the fight in him. You don't know what he got in his back pocket. You don't know how hard he can hit. So now if we're going to fight, I'm going to try to kill you in the first 30 seconds. I'm not waiting. I'm not going to be that. No, I'm going straight for the juggler. I'm going to try to kill you real fast. <laughs> Amen. And that's the way you ought to fight the devil. Amen. You pounce on him. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not coming at you. It may have been one of the small demons where you got stomped out today. Amen. That's the believer's authority. That's the believer's victory. How many of you know we got authority? So the devil owes you, y'all. He owes you. Everybody get that down in your spirit. He can only operate by permission, but if he attacks something that belongs to you, he's got to restore it. He got to restore your marriage right. No, your marriage ought to be happier than it's ever been. Now, God ultimately does the restoration, but all of the other stuff, in particularly material things, things that he's attacked, no, the enemy owes you. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Are you ready now for the things he doesn't want you to do? We gave you two more things he doesn't want you to know, but now I'm going to give you some stuff he don't want you to do. Go over to Luke 18 and 1 if you don't mind. <clears throat> Luke 18 and 1. I love this next one, and I'm telling you, if you hear it for face value, it'll change your life. Because it's one of those things people have stopped doing. Mm -hmm. Saints have stopped doing, and I guarantee you this is one of the reasons why we have so many depressed, anxious-filled believers. I know this is the reason why. Luke 18 and one, then I'll give you my point. If you have it, will you please say I have it? And he spoke a parable unto them to this end. What did he say? Men ought to what? What should men always do? Always pray, but add the additive and not. So when he says we ought to always pray and not faint, he means prayer without giving up. If you've been praying for something and it hadn't moved yet, don't go to fainting. Keep praying. Because if you keep praying, it's going to move. So the next point, things he doesn't want you to do, he doesn't want you to pray. God, that's good. That's fundamental Christianity, but it's accurate. Does not want you to pray. 
He don't want you to pray in the morning, afternoon, evening. He don't want you to do seasons of prayer. He don't want, he, 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 in fact, he doesn't want you to fast and pray. What did Jesus say over in Matthew? He said, this type only come by fasting and praying. Here's my question for you tonight. What is going on in your life that seems like it just won't move? That may be one of this type. The one way you're going to end up moving that is through some fasting and praying. And God gave me revelation on this because I was fasting recently, and he gave me a good revelation on this. A lot of people stop eating, but stop eating doesn't constitute in fasting and praying. I mean, if you're on the Daniel's fast and you're trying to find the next thing to substitute for sugar, you're not fasting. You do the Wednesday fast with us and you don't eat until 5 o'clock, but all day long you got an attitude about how you just can't wait to get a cheeseburger. That's not fasting. You're not even focused. No, fasting, but then not only fasting, fasting and praying. So you cannot be eating and you're still not getting the total benefit of the fasting regimen because a part of fasting must include prayer. The last time I fast, I took my lunch hour and spoke in tongues. Prayed in the Holy Ghost for a good part of the time. Checked in with my wife. And then, all right, baby, I'll talk to you a little later. Sit in the car and speak in tongues. Close your office door, pray in the spirit. Build up your, edify your inner man. Amen. Bible says building up your most holy faith. Well, if you pray, I'm convinced that the enemy can't get in. But he don't want you to know that. How many of you know prayer in the local church is going to play now? This is why on Thursday night, and I'm going to tell our prayer team too, on Thursday night, yep, 6.30 sharp, boom, hit it. Greet each other right quick, but pray. Pray. Get into prayer. Good to see you, girl. All right, come on. Let's get 25 minutes in before the praise team starts. Amen. Don't find yourself off, in, you know, in the la-la land, you know. Come in and pray. And don't do it just because, you know, pastor watching on the screen. No, come in and hit it. Good to see you tonight. All right, let's go. Come on, we got to put on some strongholds. Because you do know that even when we teach these lessons, don't you know there's some warfare going on right now? Man, the devil don't want people to hear what I'm saying tonight. He wants you tired. He wants you to say, I, I hope his clock is winding now. He wants you to be outdone. Do I have a witness? He wants you to be somewhere else other than here. You can be in a class and not be there like Pastor Gabe today. I had to take my real estate continuing education, and there were plenty of moments where I was not in the class. Plenty. Candace, I got it done early this year. I just wanted to get it over with. Plenty of moments where I checked out. Instructor said to me one time, she said, how are we doing? Great. This is great. This is great. 
We got to the end of the class, and I just went on ahead and said it. We, you know, because how many know if you get to in the class in at 530, if it's 5:14, do like Pharaoh and let God's people go. I mean, it's all right. We met the requirement. By the time we walk out, it'll be 5:30. Let us go. We want to be trafficked. I got Bible study tonight. This lady, she said, well, I tell you, and she's a sweet lady. She said, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, she's an older lady. She said, I got one more vignette I want you to do because I just want you to get the full content. I raised my hand. I said, ma'am, I thought you were going to let us tell you how good of a job you did with this time we have left. I wanted to fill that time up with compliments. Everybody cracked up, but they said, now that's the most honest thing said today. We are done. We don't want to do another vignette. <laughs> Shucks. Now, that's just the truth. The only reason we showed up today is because the state says we have to. If there was no incentive to it, we wouldn't be here. This is not like Bible class where people come voluntarily. I didn't say all that, though, because that wouldn't be Christ-like. But she laughed, so it was funny, but there's much truth in Jess. But she still did her vignette. <laughs> You're so silly. All right, let's get the last one done. But I thank God I fulfilled my eight hours. But back to the point, the enemy wants you somewhere else. He don't want you to hear what God has him here. Now, <clears throat> prayer, if you're writing is how you activate the kingdom into the earth realm. Prayer, if you're writing, is how you activate the kingdom into the earth realm. Satan doesn't want you to do that. This is why we call it the Our Father prayer. When they say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the devil doesn't want you to call the kingdom down. He wants you to leave that up there. Let him keep defeating you. Don't worry about any of that. He doesn't want you to get into kingdom mindset, kingdom victories. Tell sickness what to do. Tell lack what to do. Tell strife in your marriage what to do. But how many of you know we're going to pray more after this? I love this. I was reminded as I was preparing this message for you, I'm going to give you my last two. But many people, y'all, will work out, especially those folks who really enjoy it, some of you in this room, work out an hour and a half a day. No problem. Curls, bench press, whatever. But man, how many people, now be honest, Pastor Gabe will raise his hand, and especially in my early years as a believer, how many people ever tried to discipline yourself to pray? You thought you'd been praying 45 minutes and only four went by when you looked at your watch. All right, Lord, we need more content. <laughs> Thought I prayed everything by now. Yeah, we've all done that. And you know what that's indicative of? You need to revisit your relationship. Because you're looking at prayer as an obligation instead of an opportunity. That's good. Because if prayer is an obligation, y'all, it don't work. Going on a date with Stephanie as an obligation, she don't want that. But if I go on a date with her as an opportunity, glad to be with you. No, use your prayer time as relationship time. 
God, I'm just glad to be around you one more time. I love you. Start with worship. Sometimes enter his presence with singing. The Bible says to do that. You don't have to sing well, but worship him. Do all that kind of stuff. But then right quick, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. We take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Then get back into your relationship building. Amen. How many people you're committed to praying after tonight? Amen. Amen. But Satan doesn't want you to pray. Go to Mark eleven twenty four. Okay, Mitch and uh, Jeanette, the battery died up here, and that's okay. But you guys just let me know when I have a 15-minute warning, 10-minute warning, and 5-minute warning, okay? All right, on your clock back there. All right, the, the ninth thing he doesn't want you to do is he does not want you to forgive. That is length of prayer. Go over to Mark eleven twenty four through 25. He does not want you to forgive. All right, real quick. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you what? Desire when you do what, church? Pray. Thank you, dear. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you should what? Believe that you receive them. Now, stop right there. What is going on right now? Prayer. Thank you. Prayer. Thank you, Sandra. So, prayer is happening. But, y'all, there's a connection between your prayer and forgiveness. And the devil doesn't want you to know that because you can pray for days. But if you got embitterness in your heart, the prayer is not going to get answered. Whatsoever things you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand doing what? Praying. What's the next thing he tells you to do? Forgive. But at the same time that you stand praying. Yeah. Because if you are praying and you are not forgiven, he gives you a hint of what will happen or what will not happen. Forgive if you have an awe against any that your father, which is in heaven, may do what? Forgive you of your trespasses. So I can't get a prayer through if I operate in unforgiveness. So this is why the devil likes to tick a lot of us off, get us offended by a bunch of people so that we'll harbor all that stuff. Hence, we can't get breakthrough. You better hear what I'm saying. When I tell you I bumped into one of those members the other day that just did me dead wrong. Sure did at the Chick-fil-A. Boy, when I tell you I stopped everything to show them some love. And it was authentic, too. No mask. How y'all doing? Yeah. I'm not getting ready to let nobody hinder the move of God in Gabe Rogers' life. Not nobody. Mm -mm. Nobody. Everyone wants that we labored with. Really love, really try to help. Are you kidding me? But to allow them or anybody else to block your blessing, you've missed it. No, you got to forgive. And you know what I told God in prayer about them today? I was praying today. I said, Lord, I love them. God, I hope things just work out for them. Authentic. Authentic, y'all. No, you got to release some stuff. Many people are sitting in here today, you'd be shocked how far your life would go and how high you'd be elevated if you release some people. Let it go. They don't owe you nothing. You don't want nothing from them. And watch this. You don't worry about paying them back. You need to read your Bible. 
And you don't even need to get excited about this because this is unforgiveness when you get excited about it. But the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Y'all, I don't ever have to pay anybody back that misuses me. I'm a child of God. Then I'm a man of God. When the Bible says, touch not my anointing and do my prophet no harm, don't you know the Bible means that? <laughs> That's what it means. And I don't have to flaunt that. But I don't have to wear any pain from yesteryear. Are you in here? And I can tell you how you know you're forgiven. And you can take this page from Pastor Gay's book. I hope you take it as, bra as bragging, but I am going to say it. One of the ways you know you're forgiven, your stuff be working. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, I'm not bragging in this, but y'all, my stuff work. Oh, yes. It be working. Phenomenal. All kinds of results. In everything I own, it works. It works. All of my agents was closing houses last week. I couldn't get out of church on Sunday. Candace then sent me another email, another one closed today. I mean, it's, no, it's working. When you walk in and, and, and you got brand new carpet that you didn't pay for, your stuff working. Amen. Counseling practice doing quite well. It's working. No, my stuff working. By faith and to the glory of God. But that's because I refuse to let any demonic host block up what God wants to do. Here's how he does it. Speaking of things the devil don't want you to do. If you don't forgive, he can bring that accusation up before God. Job chapter 1, he can go before God just like the sons of God. He sure can. And he can say, now, God, you are not authorized to bless so-and-so because you said they had to forgive. They have not forgiven. It would not be right for them to get this new job. That tumor has to remain cancerous because you said envy Proverbs 4 is rottenness to the bone, and they are still operating in envy. How in the world are you going to condone healing them? Boy, I'm preaching good tonight. I'm telling you. So you better learn how to let that. Some of you have been wronged by uncles, moms, aunts. I don't care who it is. And this is the, long, the, the short way home. You know, if you need a little counsel, get that. Do what you need to do with it. But at the end of the day, don't you let another demon block your annual blessings, daily blessings, because of something you're harboring. My wife and I, we operate in that. How many minutes I got up there, guys? Okay. You got me. Okay. Yeah. So operate in that. All right? Operate in that. Well, I was getting ready to say, we operate in love on purpose. No, no disagreements going into the next day. Read Ephesians 4. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. One of the reasons why I don't let the sun go down on my wrath with my wife is because I love her, number one. But number two, in the spirit realm, I don't want anything that God wanted to do for me. To be held up. No, Gabe, I was going to give you, you know that challenger you've been wanting? That fast car? Man, I was going to give it to you today. I'm going to have that car too, by the way. I'm going to be driving real fast. <laughs> How y'all doing? I'm going to get it. I drive so fast. Yes. 
that's when I drove, I test drove one and, and, and got on the highway and um, I don't know, a spirit or something tried to get on me. It did. I'm not going to say it was a demon because demons don't get on me, but it was a spirit. I, maybe the spirit of joy. Because I got a lot of joy. I did, Regina, when I pushed that gas. <laughs> and I started laughing just like that. This is great. It had decals on it. I'm going to get that challenge. Probably have it this year. In fact, I'm going to have it this year. That's what I'm going to do. Let's go get it tomorrow. You want, she's not in agreement. All right. I tried to make that spiritual. It just didn't fit. It didn't fit. All right. Just like to make you laugh a little bit because when you're trying to forgive, you need a little joy. Amen. Amen. Don't let anything hinder your blessing. All right. We're almost done. So that was number what? That was number nine. Things the devil does not want you to know and have. Let me find my place here. He does not want you to forgive. All right. The Bible says over in 2 Corinthians 2 and 10, still on that forgiveness point. Second Corinthians 2 and 10, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. But why am I reading that verse? Because verse number 11 says it this way. Lest Satan should get an advantage over us, which means that if I don't forgive, Satan will get an advantage. He put a forgiveness verse Right before the statement, lest Satan should get advantage. Okay, 15? All right, that's great. Lest Satan should get an advantage. He put forgiveness right before that. So one of the ways you can make sure Satan doesn't get an advantage over you, everybody say, let it go. Let it go. Amen. Do that with your wives. Do it with your children. Don't discipline them 18 weeks in a row for the same thing. Let it go. They're a child. They're going to mess up. You got to train them up. They're going to mess up. Let it go. All right? Take and another thing out of your vocabulary. And another thing. That means you didn't let it go. Dredging up the past. Going back to stuff. You got to let that stuff go. Last but not least, you ready? I will not say it's the most important, but I will say it is the most practical. The tenth thing and final thing Satan does not want you to do. He does not want you to read the word. Doesn't want you to read the word. Go to John 6 and 63. Now, you could say to yourself, prayer, word, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, that's the key. Because the word of God, saints, it's the lifeline. <clears throat> it's how you know what your kingdom rights are. And I'm telling you, and don't take this the wrong way, but most postmodern Christians, which is who many of us are, can't quote five scriptures and actually tell you where they come from. And y'all know I'm right. Can't quote five. 
and tell you, according to uh, Colossians 1 and 13, according to Philippians 2, there's a name that is above every name. And the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know, can't quote, you know, five good scriptures. And the only reason why they know the 23rd Psalm is the whole world knows the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yep, and the Lord's fair. But our Father, which are in heaven. Everybody. You will go to enough funerals, you're going to know that. Let's do the Our Father prayer. You know? But come on, y'all. He wants to separate you from who God is and what God says, and God is his word. He is his word. It is what he has said. Let's go over to uh, John 6 and 63. How many of you enjoying yourself? Now, come on, remember what I said now. We work out for an hour and a half. Don't let Bible study be too long now. Come on, let's get it, let's get it. He does not want you to read or know the word. We're almost done. John 6 and 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited how much? So your insight, your knowledge profits how much? But the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life the what words what are the words jesus speaks to us you ever read everything in the new testament in red that's what he's trying to say the stuff i say to you they are spirit in their life no they'll bring life to a dead situation my word Anybody in here, you ever read God's word concerning a situation and it lifted your head on it? Man, if you're on a lack, you ought to just meditate Philippians 4, 19. But thou shalt supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Deuteronomy 28 and 12. I'm the lender and not the borrower. He's, he's given my hands. He'll bless, excuse me, the work of my hands. Are you kidding me? Now, you got to know the word concerning where you are and what God wants to do. And these things cannot get old. I'm telling you what I know by the spirit. And I pray it's not most of you in this room today. But the truth is, most Christians say, do I really need to do that? Do I really need to read a Bible? Do I really need to listen to teaching instead of, you know, the secular Christian radio station? I won't say the name, the, but the, the, the show people get up. My God, you're going to listen to more Steve Harvey than you do the word of God? And shouldn't be listening to Steve Harvey anyway. Carnality 101. Family feud, always saying something sexually suggestive. But you're going to sit there and take all that junk in? When you could be feasting on the word? Well, let's read it again in context of all of these car carnal people. It is the spirit that quickeneth and watching those crazy shows profiteth nothing. Flesh stuff. Profits nothing. Just because a major um, <clears throat> tournament is in town. Uh-oh. I'm going to get in trouble now. I'm a black man saying this. Woo-woo. Don't mean you got to go. Okay, because I know the only reason you went was for the basketball game. I know. 
you weren't concerned about those women whose pants were entirely too tight and whose breasts were halfway hanging out. You, you weren't concerned about any of that. You didn't go for the after parties and step shows. You weren't there for the ski-wee, the wicked sorority and fraternities. You, you weren't concerned about any of that. You just wanted to see some basketball. That's all you went for. That's all you went for. You wanted the food. I understand. I understand, man. I understand. Somebody told me one time, a certain club makes the best fried fish. I said, you're going to go down there for some fried fish and go straight to hell on your way to getting some fish. Boy, I just say the wrong thing. Visitors, come back. Give me a second chance. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sorry. They make the best deep fried fish. You're going to be deep frying, too. You're going to be deep frying, fried real deep, because you got to go to a doggone it club, a bunch of 50-something overgrown folk who don't know how to grow up and come to another season of life. Watch this. Some things, y'all, you ought not even be born again out of. You ought to just age out. I'm in a different place in life now. My God. 66 years old, still trying to wear something tight. You're too doggone and old for that. Somebody's grandmother trying to entice a young man. And as my dad would say, the frost doesn't hit you. Somewhere and sit down. Because the flesh profiteth nothing. Nothing. What you going to get out of that? Come on. They draw you quicker than Bible study? What? Now, some people don't like me tonight, but I want to go on record as saying, I love you. I do. And that's why I'm teaching like this. I love you too much. I'm not, I'm not here to turn you off. I love you. I want you to have God's best. But I'm telling you, if you buy into all this carnality, you will lose. Thank you very much. Let's go to the last scripture. Everybody say the word. word. Know the word. Psalm 119, 105. Satan don't want you to know the word because the word does two things. It gives direction and it gives life. If you're writing, it gives direction and it gives life. Now, I've given you loads of content tonight. I studied for you. I hope you'll get this. Go over these notes, get the message on Sunday, hear it again, because the word does two things. It gives direction and it gives life. Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 119, 105. You ready? This is my last scripture of the night. All right? Listen to what he says. He says, thy word is a what? What is it? A lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. It lights the path. It shows me everywhere to go, how to step, what to do, what not to do. Lamp unto my feet, walk and a light unto my path. You read enough word, you'll know, you'll always know what job to take. Because you'll, you'll be so filled with the word of God pertaining to what God is saying. You read enough word, watch how he'll do it. He'll bring the right scripture to your remembrance at the right time. Thy word have I hidden where? 
<coughs> in my heart that I might not sin against it. And sinning against it don't always mean kissing somebody that's not your wife. Sinning, sin actually means missing the mark. That's the literal translation of the word sin. So now when a person sins, missing the mark can just mean being off track. But if we're reading enough word, it's hard to get off track. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Man, you read enough word, watch how I use a good example. You go down to a certain basketball tournament, that word will churn up in you, this atmosphere ain't right. No, evil communication, corrupt, good man. My wife was at the mall and literally called me and said, dear, this is crazy. I'm looking at our people. It's repulsive. Half dressed. I'm going to get Gabe out of here. I don't want him seeing that. You know what that is? Being filled with the word of truth. Never mind. I'll take this back another day. Whatever she had to do, she had to take something back. But we getting out of here. It don't even feel right. Don't feel right. The word of God, the word, you, you be so filled with the word, the word will speak knowledge to you. And y'all, this ain't too rigorous. The Bible says his commandments are not grievous. But it is Satan that wants to fool you and trick you and make you think it's so hard to be a believer. It's so hard to be a Christian. I'm done. It's so hard to be one of those folk that just love Jesus and, and love their wives, Walt. That's so difficult. No, the devil is a liar. That's right. That's accurate. What you got, and then your, your, your young fella over there in the corner and your others back here in youth, that's awesome. All grown up loving God.